Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank, with your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, there's a sad truth. NFTs really are just a boys club. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of data to back that up. So we'll, we'll dive into that just a bit. Andrew, what are you seeing in the news? Yeah, we got a lot going on again. Been a been an active few days. I mean, we feel like we had a few weeks where there wasn't much going on. We got all sorts of stuff happening. We've got Meta. They've got they're Meta in the news again with NFTs putting themselves in the news again. Anyway, they've added Ethereum, Polygon, and Flow cross posting between Facebook and Instagram. You can post your your NFTs there. Um, makes me a little. I don't know. I'd be somewhat hesitant to do that. I don't really use the platforms much, but you know, remember these are the ones that uh, these are. This is the company that we've been very concerned about with uh, what they've done with private data. So giving them access to what you also have at wallet may be a bit more than I'd be ready to do. But um, overall, I think it is a good thing that they are rolling out more. We've seen that you know, Polygon and, and uh, some of these other companies benefit a lot from these big partnerships. So bring it more to the masses, right? So is it, it's proof that you own it when you post it, as I understand right. it, as opposed to right-click, save, post. Right, right. Yeah, you're, you're linking up, your you're syncing your wallet and some, not syncing it, I shouldn't say, you're linking your wallet, proving ownership. So linking it with your own account. So if there is that uh, concern that your social account is then linked with your wallet, which also has, you know, which obviously has a lot of other data um, available. So, um, you know, I'd be... I think a little bit before doing that, you know, but it, it, we'll see what people, what people actually end up doing with this. I think there are a lot of possibilities here in general. You know, it, like I said, it is bringing, it's bringing real blockchains into what has always been a relatively walled off garden. So I think that is great that they're not just using their own blockchain. We're talking about Ethereum, Polygon, Flow. These are blockchains that are public and anybody can use that they are interoperable. I think that is that's a really good sign. Yeah. Interoperability, this is just the start of posting, right? You can also imagine that if you are the sort of verified owner of the collection, there could be upside of saying like, all right, if people have this in their wallet, they're allowed in this group, this posting permission or this level of access. And this is a whole like subscription level that could potentially be layered in. Although I'm being honest with myself, I'd imagine Facebook would monetize that before they'd ever let any third-party developer get anywhere close to upside on their platforms. So <laughs> you're wrong. They you will know. let the developer monetize it initially and then mm. change the rules. That's, I, you've seen this game. You're, the order of operation on that matters quite a bit. You're absolutely right. Uh, I will, I will add that for certain projects, I think this may also increase how I value a potential Instagram following. Like right now it's like, it's a Twitter driven world. And then the communities are managed in Discord. 
But as these things increase, I think that'll eat away at crypto Twitter and potentially bring some of that, like if you're an artist, which makes much more sense, by the way, to have an image first platform deal with NFTs rather than, I'm sorry, shit Twitter uh, managing it is um, it's kind of interesting. And I say shit Twitter, yeah, it's like we learn more about their like, you know, looking the other way on bots and foreign actors inside of the, the company. It's like not, a, not impressive. Theory. It's going to be hard to convince me that Meta is the company to run to. I realized that as soon as I finished my set. I was like, but wait a minute, am I making Look, I'm talking about I, I think we're going to like, I think we're still has a lot of Instagram followers, maybe. Yeah, there, it's a very visual platform. I think we're also going to see some more Web3 native uh, apps take off at some point here. And I, I mean, if, if you're looking for yeah, the response from a lot of Instagram artists, artists that have big following on Instagram has been that they can't get their audience to, to get into NFTs. And obviously they, that there's, there's some technical, the technology issues that are going to be overcome and there's a huge stigma around it. Um, so I think we're still learning what's going to work, but right now we're seeing that it does sort of segment your audience in a big way, uh, when you bring NFTs into the equation. Yeah, it's, we'll see. We'll see, but uh, it's it's the right step at least. And it's clear that Zucker Pants doesn't want to go the way of Blockbuster. Now, whether or not that can be manifest is yet to be seen. All right, we've got some other news about Polygon. This involves OpenSea, so they're adding Polygon to their Seaport. Uh, Seaport, um, uh, what would you call that? Protocol, I guess that would be. But it's all bringing it in, so into the same uh, same protocol as uh, on. Sorry, I shouldn't say protocol, but on the uh, on the OpenSea side. So it'll work with Ethereum. Everything will be in one system, not uh, looking at these so separately anymore. Um, so that's nice to see. Um, and they'll also be accepting Matic, the the native token of the Polygon network. Yeah, full disclosure, I am long Matic. I like everything Polygon is doing. And it's kind of funny because OpenSea already supported NFTs on Polygon, but they didn't let you pay for it, but you had to use like Rapti stuff inside of that ecosystem. So right, and it always felt like you, you couldn't see the the um, sales in their API data. So uh, this is this is definitely better. Um, bring these bring money to those projects more uh, to light. I think um, uh, Polygon projects often have had a hard time being discovered, um, even when they're on OpenSea. Yeah, reminder: Polygon's a layer two on Ethereum. So you know this is the largest layer two that arguably may end up being a dominant for NFTs over, over Ethereum as you, as you grow and get this type of interoperability. All right. We've got news about the X2, Y2 marketplace in OpenSea competitor. They have changed their royalties policies so that royalties are now not paid uh, by default on transactions. Um, so this is, you know, it's, we've talked about some about royalty um royalties recently uh, they are going to enforce it for certain pieces on like one of one art 
And um, so it's it's not quite the same as what we've seen on PseudoSwap, where there's absolutely no royalties, but there are they are removing them for for most transactions. Um, as I as I've seen, there are a ton of there's not a ton of volume in one of one arch um, on X two Y two. Yeah, it's interesting as a trend, but certainly if you're trying to gain market share, it's one way to do it from um like that. That branding piece, they uh, make criticism. They say they, their statement was, um, while the debate is raging, please note that this is far from finished product and updates already in the works. We will enforce royalty one of one art. Similar, implement holders only voting system, allowing holders to decide as a group whether to enable disable optional royalties. So they're playing with it, but I don't Not open sea. All right, that big funding news and it also resulted in the surge of another of a project. Uh, so we've got the team uh, limit break has raised two hundred million dollars, and the are there behind the the Digi Digi project, which has since surged over the weekend, went from four ETH or flow or so, and I think it's now around twelve ETH. It gotten up to sixteen at one point, but. Um, you know, this was one that was, yeah, I think it was at one ETH not too long ago. Um, it's only 2000 pieces. There's rumors that an airdrop will be coming. The founder, you know, there's, he's been very active recently on, on Twitter. It looks like he does have some, or quite a bit of, uh, uh, experience at mobile gaming companies, things that have been, you know, relatively addictive type of games. And we've talked about how that is, you know, a big potential for uh, crypto gaming to make an entrance um, rather than having full, uh, you know, high, high end graphics, you know, making a, a mobile game that is, you know, relatively addictive, but has crypto rewards, um, maybe a way for a game to come in here. And that looks like what's, you know, what the play is with this one, 200 million coming from, let's see, Paradigm, Standard Crypto, uh, some, uh, let's see, also FTX, Coinbase, so some big names in the space. Um, you know, I, I'm not certainly not going to be chasing after that one. Um, there is, you know, there's a new, this, these were free to own that I should mention that that's a big part of, um, what they say. This is the new model. Of course, it was free for those first 2000 people that got it 12 ETH floor. Now, um, there, I'm sure there's much more coming, uh, with the, the airdrop, uh, not sure if there will be more opportunities or not to get in at this point. Yeah, I, I've chased enough games at this point and been burned by enough games that I, uh, I don't have the bankroll to chase them all. And one of them is going to win. Like, maybe a handful are going to win. Like, there is a way to do this. Mobile games have done it. They have the free-to-play, premium-style, good-enough, people-play, buy-in-game assets. It works. It simply works. The question is, how do you start that in... Um, and I definitely look for people repeating this, this free to own model. I mean, if you see a company where it's $200 million, pretty good chance. Yeah. Well, we'll repeat, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Like the free to own, like try to get on that list. I don't know how you find or get lucky enough for that list. Or if it's like a shady way for maybe people that have inside track. I don't know. Like the funders of this thing mm. <laughs> to get paid as owners. Like, eh, we'll see. Um, well, we've got another, another small raise here, just 50 million, I guess, you know, not much compared to that 200, but you know, Kevin Rose brought in $50 million for proof. 
They're talking about a new expansion coming out next fall. There's also rumors of a uh, potential token that could even be backed by assets being other NFTs most likely, but this is 50 million, let's see, from A16Z. And this is, yeah, okay. The last one was with Alexis Ohanian's seven, seven, and six. This one did not include them, but yeah, another big raise here. You know, maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll go on a, uh, M&A spree, go, go acquire some companies. Yeah. I mean, you know, those assets, just refer back to our, our, Oh, refer back to our, yeah, go get, go get some Mooncats, like, you know. We're back to that last podcast, you know, but, you know, in all seriousness, it's impressive. I don't know. I don't know. A16Z's in all the big, big projects, aren't they? They're spraying and praying right now. They, they just know one of these folks is going to get it right. And I will say Kevin Rose, among others, like that guy knows how to run a very large company with a big budget. So it's not like giving a, you know, a 20 something who has their like first first luck of the draw hit on an NFT project, a bunch of money and not know what to do with it. Like Kevin Rosa will do something strategic with that, with that type of investment, I think. Uh, so I threw this next one in. <laughs> um, why did Snoop Dogg have it. an M? I had to. It. I have to. You got it. Uh, I know it's been a little while now. I mean, we're recording like um, closer to the date, but during the, the VMAs and for... Their performance, they essentially got high and performed as like takeovers of their apes. And the reaction, I would say pretty universally across like Reddit and Twitter and other, was not like, oh, how cool. It was really like, wow, not only is it like lame, but it is painfully like commercial shilling of a project to you know, their fans, their audience, the young people being like, this is like the, you know, opulence and ability to showcase that, but in a NFT blockchain, like it was bad. I don't know how else to frame this. Yeah. I know though this was great for NFTs. You know, I feel like this is kind of going yeah. back to I don't know, when a time when all the sh celebrities were selling it and it was cheered a little bit more by the NFT community. This didn't even seem to get the the support of the NFT community, let alone uh, those that are, uh, I don't know, very vocal about their opinions with NFTs, which seem to be a lot of people <laughs> uh, that aren't in the space. Yeah, it was an in-game commercial, right? Like, I don't know. They said they the the network partnered with Yuga Labs to to do this. Like I don't see a number associated with how much this like essentially like this is content marketing. This is marketing inside of it was a commercial, right? Here's a commercial, but I don't understand the commercial is for people to what like buy into the other side. I guess not convincing you. I it sounds like. You know, I somehow missed yeah. the VMAs. I, I haven't yeah, somehow, that a couple of years. So, you know, I can't say that this is a real damaging thing to the... <laughs> well, I <laughs> usually record it on my VCR. I have a tape that I set for the VMA and I set it to record. And then I realized, I, oh, wait, I don't have right, VHS. Right. All right. Well, why don't we move into our affordable projects? You, you've got affordable project. Sounds like you've got one for us this week or today. What am I doing? I do. We've talked about it before though so 
you know, I, I want to recycle it, but simply because the Hug Pass, H-U-G, the Hug Pass uh, collection, I mean, frankly, super affordable, but it's a utility play because it gives you access now to something they promised they were going to build, which has now been built, which is a really cool uh, filtered site for finding NFT projects that are created by, you know, women or LGBTQ or other DEI elements that they have tagged a whole bunch of projects for. So you can filter and find um, pieces through, I think, over 300 projects. And, you know, going through there, there might be a way to find some alpha. So again, the Hug Pass is at, I think it is... 0.05. 0.05. Yeah. 0.05. There's 6,000 items. They say they're going to release um, probably another tranche of these, which they haven't yet. Um, and this was, you know, I, I believe if I remember properly, like uh, a Randy Zuckerberg project. And inside the Hug Pass, you know, they're pretty affordable, uh, I'd say, but give you access to this extra search filter that will let you find, um, again, to our to our theme, uh, artists that are uh, woman-led or founded by indigenous folks and, and allow you to, to explore different projects that maybe you're missing or not realized. Um, and then they've got some other filters as well for you know, various pieces of like, are there elements that, for example, are um, uh, fine art versus community versus in-game assets versus other roadmap elements? Like they, they do an interesting job here. All right. Interesting. Thanks for bringing this one to us, George. Um, had not. I do you have one of these. I I do not. Oh, full disclosure. Yeah, I've got. I got two. I got the left and right. So like they have little partners. So like in the future, like they said, if you own oh, like I the see. pair, um, both the left and right version of whatever the icon you've chosen, uh, they'll be, you know, uh, I don't know, et- eternal enlightenment. They promised. Wow. Well, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. I think you also cannot can actually can't say that you didn't get it necessarily because you can always be working towards it right so just not yet no it's a process yeah not yet all right all right right. theme uh kind of tying into that nfts are a boys club sadly i think there was a period of time where even on you know especially on this podcast where we were excited about a lot of uh female women-led projects coming out in the nft space uh which you know frankly was almost entirely dominated by uh male creators and this is you know i think in one part a carryover that the tech world in general is disproportionately male for many different reasons and also the art world um you know just it's who has access who has confidence and who's you know putting out these projects we're, we're men right and that just it's not going to work Long term, and that was our thesis originally. It's not going to work. That if you want a larger audience to adopt, if you want more than two percent of the American population to be buying into projects, uh, it can't be a bunch of dudes creating this stuff. Um, you have to have uh, higher amounts of inclusivity. Uh, unfortunately, I would say that like one, the market dropped. We have seen large, the most popular female-led projects take disproportionately sized drops now it's hard to like fully quantify that because everything went down but we selected a few things here at a high level Andrew, like how do you how do you respond to this like nfts are a boys club truth no i'm hesitant to just say that that is true i think we've seen that you know there's a number of women like led projects that have not fared well 
there's a, like we said, 99% of the projects out there are going to die. And, you know, I think it's a little unfair to say that, you know, because these projects haven't succeeded to, I mean, I don't know what we're using even as a, a barometer, but, you know, if they're not punks, if they're not, if they're not bored apes, you know, does it mean that everything else is a failure? I mean, you know, doodles have certainly come way down. We've seen cool cats come way down. You know, I think that we can still say that overall of this first, I shouldn't say first of this first of the PFP type of projects, you know, we've seen some that have certainly gotten attention. We don't know yet what the staying power is going to be. I think there's still a ton of potential for women like projects. And, you know, one reason I guess I'm hesitant to say that it is entirely a, a boys club is that I still see a lot of women around the space, maybe not leading all the projects, but, you know, I think there are, there are projects that, I mean, you put a good one, dead fellows and see Betty around Betty from the dead fellows project, see her around, but I still see a lot of women in the space active on crypto Twitter. Um, let's see, we've got, uh, like, I'm named Carly Riley from the overpriced JPEGs, uh, leading that, um, you know, great podcast there. And I do see women active in the space. I wish that we did have I don't have great numbers on, on what the, what collector activity is like. It certainly seems like it's much more, uh, very heavily male dominated. I would, I would love to be able to get a better sense of, of what it really is. And, you know, that's something that right now I don't see, I don't see obvious ways to, to detect that in a, in wallet activity. Yeah. I think it's just important. Is it a boys club? Uh, there are, I would definitely agree with you that there seem to be uh, more women leading uh, more projects and media and content than than before. I guess my narrative was more around based on collector, right? Are they being rewarded at the same levels? Are they getting the you know equal recognition or uplift from the the overall buyers? And like I can take a quick scan down the top twenty things. For the past 30 days and NFT collections. And I uh, can go through male, female, and it's uh, maybe one here that I would find that is associated that I, as far as I know, this woman led founders now arguably there's things like art blocks in there, which is like a bundle of <laughs> a bundle of projects. Um, but even art blocks, uh, the male, female ratio, what is that like? Probably 80, 20. Yeah, I mean, so if we're looking at artists, yeah, we're definitely looking at more, more, way more men in the space than than, than women. Um, I don't think that we can deny that. I think that we're, you know, I think some of the notable women that come to space, it's come to my mind anyway. You know, we've got like Claire Silver, we've got uh, Josie, um, like in the last name, um, but she's been around the space for years. We do see people, we do see a lot of women that are in the space. You know, I, I'd be interested. I'm going to pull up the the list of uh, uh top selling artists um in crypto art on the uh, crypto art.io uh, site here just to get a sense of how many i would guess that of the top 10 or 20 there are not very many i mean i guess maybe three or four I look at that let's see top akatao is a team that i believe it's a male and yeah husband and wife you said yeah i believe that's no. it so that's the only one in the top 10. We've got Fuocious up there. Um, I believe they, Fuocious is a, goes by C. Not binary, right? Oh, it goes by A. 
Um, let's see, Monica Rizzoli is at number 14. I'm not familiar with Wisby, um, the name there. So that is, yeah, that is, it appears. So very sparse among the top 20. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a great way of looking at it. I, you know, again, I do wish that we had more on the, and on the collector side, but I, you know, I think it, it's, it stands for reason that it probably goes pretty in line with what the, the creators, the makeup of the creators at, at this point. Yeah. And coming back to like the affordable project, that's one of the things that when I was on, you know, the, the hug pass site, like it's kind of awesome to suddenly filter and be like, oh, these are the teams that created that. And I imagining a world maybe where that is a little bit more readily available, but we did, you know, it, it's like, you, as you mentioned, it's, it's hard to say like by the data, like, so there is participation by, by women. And then there's the compensation of women and the compensation front. I can just look at projects and I'll run them down. Like, uh, boss beauties is, is down significantly off of their high. And you said there's many projects that are like, okay, I see it. World of Women has also sort of like crashed. So that, that's one that I think people thought might be able to, to take a step up into a, and, and really that's, it's the price has fallen significantly. I think that had been up at 14, maybe even higher at one point in, would you say two and a half? Yeah. And it's not down because they did like, th there was not a controversy. It wasn't like an Azuki, like, oh my gosh, you did like. No, I think there was, eight. there was like cool cats type things. I mean, their, their second project was very similar to the, the galaxy. Covers. Was that? Yeah. It looked very similar. Um, that was a, I mean, that was definitely disappointing to me that it didn't mm -hmm. look much different. Um, you know, it felt like it was just adding a ton of liquidity. So in that way, I, that's why I would somewhat compare okay. it to cool cats that yes, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, it didn't add to it. And it, it maybe took away some of the, the momentum that they did have. Um, and, and you know, that's why I do it's cool cats. They've had many chances and, and it hasn't worked out. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's not, when you're looking at these. It's, you know, it's uh, the, the compensation is, isn't even close to, to comparable. No, um, you know, like women rise, like we talked about that briefly and that, you know, maybe it, it, it clipped over about a need, uh, for, for a small period of time and then has just sort of completely cratered. It just, it seems that like, um, even dead fellas that was like epic in terms of its notoriety and, you know, probably no, I mean, it, at one point it was, I think, let me go highest sales here, but it was well over, I think, 4 ETH. Yeah, it got, it clipped over 4 ETH for a period of time, hitting around even 5 for average price. But again, like they're down now at 0.73. Um, and that actually like, that might go onto a list of like things I would now actually like watch over time. But so... I guess coming back to participation by working is increasing seemingly in these projects, but they're just not seeing the same type of reward. And that may be because of the audience that's collecting it, right? We collect what is interesting to us. And I think maybe there's a difference between women-led projects that are also about sort of the imagery of and around women versus just women-led projects that are general NFT utility. Um, uh, and part of the larger project. I mean, we could separate those, but either side, either way, on the volume and the collector side, it's um, not being valued the same way that uh, male-led male projects happen to be. 
succeeding. And maybe that's just a function of fewer participants. And we said 90% of these projects, 95% of these projects are going down anyway. Like it's, it's just a function of, uh, of luck, but feeling less about luck over time when I look at some of these numbers. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that would help, obviously, if there were a lot more women-like projects, you know, there's only, a, if we've got 1% succeeding, there's the chances of one of those, <laughs> yeah. you know, of, of, I mean, frankly, what are we talking about? Less than a hundred real good shots at it from women-led founders of these projects. You know, we're, we shouldn't be too surprised that one of them hasn't become Yuga. I am surprised that one of them has taken off more. I would, you know, there's some M&A opportunity there. I think, I think some of these brands mm -hmm. have, have value in the space. And I think that, you know, maybe there is too much liquidity and maybe praying to, to bring some of these projects together or make them. You know, I know that doesn't definitely change the liquidity, but it changes um, the collector base and maybe bring some more demand to it, get some something more going. Um, I believe World of World of Women actually has a new project coming out soon, so I don't know much about what's going on there. I did have a Galaxy at one point. Don't have sold those long time ago, um, so have not been keeping up on that. But I have seen some some news around that. You know, I think right now it's also. I mean, there's, it's a great time for projects to be trying something. So if they do have something exciting and it'd be pretty easy to get some attention. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other side of it, we're not bringing on that many new collectors at a pace, um, that would bring in, uh, right. Side of no, that that's a good, good point. I mean, I think it's kind of high stakes right now. If you don't do well, pretty easy to, I don't know, to, to kind of create more FUD around your project. Yeah. Well, what comes first, the the creator or the the purchaser? And there's a sort of chicken and the egg happening here. But I think on the creator side, yes, there are far more uh, women-led projects, women-created projects, creators out there than there were prior, like say a year ago. But there's um, there's still a weight on how funding-wise. Yeah, I think is another actors way to look at it, right? I mean. In Teams that have been raising funding, it's been pretty male heavy or as far as, as far as I've seen. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, you know, maybe we're just talking about the extension of the, the BC market game and also the tech, the tech complexion. So you're just like, surprise, guess what happens when you create a new tech, you know, a tech ecosystem. But it's just, it's frustrating to, to see that just, it just replays itself when you could um, just as easily see that at, at least at the VC level. but. Um, on the alpha side, like, I think, you know, you make an interesting point, like does a, you know, does a world of women or one of these projects lend itself to like, you know, Estee Lauder getting in and being like, oh, let's just buy that. And what does that look like when they're like, okay, we're going to own this, you know, uh, body positive brand on the NFT game. Yeah. I think there's definitely a possibility. Like I had said on that show, I would look for the ones, you know, that you can see more activity and, you know, I think. One of the easiest ways to see activity is hop on the Discord, look at their socials, um, see what's going on, and if there is still if there's still people talking and hanging out in the, those communities, that's a good sign. I mean, someone else is going to notice mm -hmm. that at some point. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it requires some more. Uh, one other one we tossed in here: the BFF friendship bracelets, also down. Oh. Wow, just Bad. down. Wow. Yeah, and we can say that as both holders of that. 
I don't have it now. Um, oh, you got rid of it on the way down? I just on the way down. Yeah, I uh, you know cut my hand, but <laughs> so that knife was falling. But I I, I got out. <laughs> yeah, full disclosure, I'm still in that game. Um, all right, anything else to to throw in here? No, I think we've said about all we can as two male podcast hosts talking about it, women in NFTs. Brought up the topic, it dawned on us. Um, all right. As always, hey, leave us a review or make some funny art in our in our Discord because I'm literally stealing that and just throwing it in randomly as images. So if you're wondering why our images are no longer our brand logo, is because you made such funny things in our Discord that we're just gonna use those now. Sweet. Make more. Make more. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.